I feel like we should start this episode with um, teach your children. Okay. Just our rendition of it. Sure. Okay. You who are on the road must have a code that you can can live by. That's all I remember. Oh, and you. (laughs) That's all I know, too. Alright, so this is the Off 5 podcast, a podcast where we talk about The Office. I'm Addie. I'm Nathan. And this episode is called Take Your Daughter to Work Day. It sure is, but I think for short, let's call it T-Y-D-T-W-D. Okay, hashtag. So on March 16th, 2006, that was when T-Y-D-T-W-D first aired. It saves so much time. <laughs> And I'm going to read a little bit. Crime squat, double time. <laughs> F and C. Front and center. I'm going to read the Wikipedia episode description. Is that appropriate? That sounds very delightful and appropriate for this time at the beginning of the episode. Okay. I always read it. Do you want to read it? Sure. Okay. Here we go. Sacred scrolls. <laughs> okay. So in this episode... T-Y-D-W-D results in four children spending the day at the office. Toby Flenderson's daughter, Sasha. Sasha. Stanley Hudson's daughter, Melissa. Melissa. Kevin Malone's fiance's daughter, Abby. Abby. And Meredith Palmer's son, Jake. Jake. Pam Beasley tries to befriend at least one child. Melissa develops a crush on Ryan Howard. Michael Scott tries to impress the children by claiming he is a child star. And Dwight Poop struggles to show secret girlfriend Angela Martin that he can be stern with Jake. Hmm. That's awesome. That was a good episode description, I think. And it really got to the kids' names. Yeah, that was weird, actually. (laughs) Sasha. Sasha. Sasha Obama. It was written by Mindy Kaling. Oh. And it was directed by Victor Nelly Jr., who, who was not is. in Motley Crue, but yeah. he's presumably a television director. Okay. Never heard of him. Me either. But you ever heard of Victor Nelly, right? Um, No, but I have heard of Nelly, the rap star. Same guy, basically. Yeah. But anyway, it's a junior. Okay. Like Carl's Jr. Uh, this episode guest stars someone named Jazz Ray Cole. Okay. Man, what a cool name. Is that Stanley's daughter? It sure is. Melissa Hudson. Delaney Ruth Farrell as Sasha Flinderson. And Spencer Daniels as Jake Palmer. And Jake Callender, with a K, as a young Michael Scott. Oh, Michael Scott. Yeah. Um, from Fundle Bundle. Yeah, I don't know why they couldn't have just used real footage from Steve Carell when he was on Fundle Bundle. That's what I was thinking. It didn't look anything like him. No, except for the suit. Yeah, which was weird. Mysterious. Mysterious. And it is mysterious because the pockets were on the wrong side. Um, there's some references in this episode to Office Depot, common mm-hmm. nemesis of Dunder mm-hmm. Mifflin because of their better business model. And the song Teach Your Children by Crosby, Stills, and Nash after Young left the band. And I'd Aww. never heard that song before today. Are you serious? Yeah. 
Or I don't know. I listened to a little bit of it, and I didn't recognize it except for from The Office. Okay, well, I saw Crosby, Stills, and Nash in Kansas City probably about five years ago. Okay. And the crazy part about it was that this song came on, and it was just really beautiful because everyone was really into it. And I look in front of me, and there's someone I'm like, I kind of recognize that guy. It's Dennis Moore, the state senator. And he was just jamming out to this song. And I was like, this is a beautiful moment because, you know, these like older generation is coming together with this younger generation talking about how to teach your children. And he was a he was a Democratic senator from Kansas. He was the senator for your state. Yeah. Not a state senator. Like. Uh, not like Angela Martin's right. boyfriend. No, he was the actual senator. Dang, because I don't know who state senators are, but the real senator you should Dennis probably be Moore. aware of. Yes, Dennis Moore. I'm pretty sure he was the state senator. Now I should look it up because now I'm confused. If you knew who it was, I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was probably a senator. But yeah, it was really cool to see him there at the concert and to just like experience that, even though Neil Young wasn't there. But yeah. it's still cool to see CSN. Was uh, Victor Nelly Jr. there? Not that I know of, but he might have been. Did your senator take that straight to Congress and vote on the snap? It was after he had stepped down from his um, position, and I think that he was in the early stages of dementia. So, no. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So, before we go into the Finer Things Club, where Mm -hmm. we talk about the favorite things in the episode... I wanted to talk about a couple of deleted scenes. Did you watch okay. those? No, I didn't have the DVD version, but um, I would love to hear your take on it. Didn't I give you a DVD? Yeah, I just watched it on Netflix. Uh, okay, fair enough. So there were just some... I'm not going to go through all the deleted scenes, but in one of them, Jim reveals that he babysits Sasha sometimes. Really? Yeah. Oh. Which is weird because they don't connect at all in this episode. Like they don't yeah. pass each other. <laughs> it doesn't seem like... Interesting. And I, I don't know if I would select Jim as my babysitter. Yeah, especially when, well... I would love to have Pam as my babysitter. But kids hate her. I know, but I say that about myself, too. And I think I'd be a better babysitter than Jim. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Jim would be good. If he offered. He doesn't have a lot going on. He's never has plans. I know, it's just that he had a lot of friends on Valentine's Day. That's true. Um, maybe they all hung up. Maybe they had her at the poker game. Yeah. Kevin asks Angela if he can pretend to be the head accountant for that day, just for that day, to impress his... The kids? Yeah. Oh, Stacy's daughter? Mm-hmm. Mm. And she says no. Okay. And she says that, <laughs> that she seems smart enough that she'd be able to tell that's not true. Oh, no. <laughs> Meredith's son, Jake, asks Michael for some money, the vending machine, and when he gives him the money... He asked Michael to marry his mom. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Sad. Uh, there's some more stuff of Jake versus Dwight. And then there's a really great scene where Abby and... Not Addie, but Abby. I know. When they said that for the first time. Thought it was Addie? Yeah. When Pam says, hey, Addie. Uh, want to shred some paper? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, I do. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. So Abby is telling Pam that she wants to be an artist when she grows up. And Pam says, oh, cool, me too. And then Abby says, you're already grown up. 
Aww. And kids cannot tell a lie. That seems like a common theme, especially Mm -hmm. when Fundle Bundle is being shown. Oh, my God. Yep. So, anyway, Finer Things Club. What do you got? You're Mm. you're on... Well, uh, Fundle Bundle. Yes. Definitely. Um, I like seeing Chet Montgomery in Fundle Bundle. Yeah. I didn't know he was on Fundle Bundle or I who he was. I don't even know who... Ch- okay, good. I was, <laughs> I was just testing you with that one to see if you knew. He's like their local weatherman. Did you have a oh, local weatherman you knew in Kansas? Yeah, Gary Lezak. Oh, okay. And Scandal, Gary Lezak was gay and is gay. That's okay, actually. I don't think that's bad. I know, but in Kansas, it was a scandal. Oh, yeah. And I would see him um, running all the time at the park, and um, his dogs were named Stormy and Windy, because he was the weatherman. Oh, yeah. Isn't that cute? How terrible to be closeted gay and recognizable. Yeah. Because like, if you go out, people will know who you are, so you have to not go out. Yeah, and then the other weatherman was Brian Busby, and he was um, African American. So scandal. Yeah, another scandal. <laughs> when they found that out, they were like, "What? We have someone who's gay and African American? No." Um, in Albuquerque, we had Mark Ronchetti. Mark Gronchetti. Ronchetti. Ronchetti. And one of the newsmen was named Dick Niffing. And that's the only people I know. Dick what? Niffing. K- Niffing? I think it's K. Oh, silent K, huh? Yeah. Because hmm. I well, bet he wishes it wasn't silent because his first name turned out to be Dick. And then Niffing. Yeah. You know what, what kids would say to him on the, on, the, on, the, yeah, on the playground? Dick that's exactly sniff- it. You know what they'd be like to be mean? They'd say, hey, Dick Niffing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Did people believe him when he reported the news? Yeah. Okay. Why would we ever uh, not trust the media? I don't know. I mean... We're kind of the media now. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm scared. I want to press pass to yeah. the next White House press briefing and whenever it is, a couple of years probably. Or just the office Comic-Con. Sure. Sure. Or just any office. Yeah, any office. <laughs> I'd love to get some interviews going. Um, I also there was also a character on Fundle Bundle I liked named Edward R. Meow. Yes. One of my finer things is Edward R. Meow's speechless moment after Michael's Gazas, where he's kind of looking around like like he needs an adult. Yeah, that's really sad. <laughs> you think the puppeteer didn't have to act out like the horror on its face? Yeah. But somehow they did. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> I just like, I really like Fundle Bundle, I guess, because I also wrote down Michael's goals, which were to have kids and be married. I have a hundred kids, so we'd have a hundred friends, and no one could ever say no to being his friend. That's actually a little disturbing. Yes. But that's not what you say. You say, uh-huh, cool. <laughs> and now over here, <laughs> it's not that hard, puppet. You don't yeah. have to like provide real commentary. <laughs> Uh, you have to let the horror of war show in your face every time you're talking yeah, have, to a child. Have they never seen Sesame Street? Because in Sesame Street, everyone is is chill with each other. Yeah. But Edward R. Meow would never make it on Sesame Street. That's probably true. I don't think his press credentials are real either. No. One thing I really liked was Jake comes up and calls Dwight Mr. Poop, mm-hmm. which I don't think is that funny. 
But what I really like is Jim and Abby laughing about it afterward. Because they're getting along so well. Yeah. Abby's kind of the new Pam. Never mind, scratch that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, Mr. Poop, I think that is actually funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, and especially right to Dwight's face. Or when Michael says, there goes Mr. Poop. (laughs) (laughs) I think Dwight's reaction to it is the funniest because it's like how he's interacting with Jake in front of Angela. Like he wants to act like it's, you know, like this kid is just, you know, doesn't matter to him. But Mm -hmm. you can tell that it really is eating at his ego. Mm -hmm. So, and when I was watching it, with subtitles on Netflix, they spelled shroot like S C H R O O T. What? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I mean, I could see how you can drive poop from that. Oh. <laughs> but if it was like. So, like, you have like phonetically, you can tell. Yeah. That it's but like poop. If it was like shroot, like how it is supposed to be, I mean, that's a little further off. So, know. if you were deaf, you might say. Why Why are they saying Mr. Shreddy is like Mr. Poop? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or would you, I guess, if you are deaf and you've been deaf for a long time, like your whole life maybe, that you wouldn't know that words rhymed unless it was obvious, right? Because you wouldn't probably use up a whole bunch of your brain trying to figure out phonetically how words in English are s- sounded out when that's not a part of english you care about you care about written english and other things so you don't care about the long use you just care about the short use well i guess what i'm saying is if they're gonna make it so like shrewd could be confused for poop that they should turn it into see they're similar in writing mm-hmm. now because then you'd be like oh i get it or maybe you would be like oh they must sound alike because yeah. obviously you would know how to spell shrewd like if you were a deaf fan of the office i guess i don't know why they did that but I thought it was kind of odd. Huh. That is that is a good Mr. Poop. noticing. How did they spell Strulpita? <laughs> well, all I could notice at the end was the word Peter, and that's my partner's name. And so I am going to, from now on, only call him Strulpeter. <laughs> yeah. You're going to cut off his thumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strulpeter. I'm I'm for it. And we get a Dwight recorder number of Greensleeves, the English ballad about the beheaded Anne Boleyn. That is one of my favorite moments of this episode. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The you, Greensleeves. Do you know that song? Yeah. You do? I used to play piano as a young child and also young adult. And Greensleeves was one of the songs that I used to have to play during Christmas time. Oh, how inappropriate. <laughs> I didn't know it was about Anne Boleyn. I wonder if that's even true, but probably, yeah, I right? Well, I don't know. Green sleeves. I saw Crosby, Stills, and Nash play it, and I was next to uh, the mayor. <laughs> of of what? Of uh, the deli. <laughs> so Anne Boleyn is also brought up in the British office, I happen to know. Oh. They're talking about some themed club, uh, Henry... The seventh, is that him? You know. The one that beheaded all his wives when they didn't yeah, and they bear had children. The Anne Boleyn Alley to Oh yeah. you know what I think that we should 
open up a bowling alley called the N Bowling Alley. That's what that's what they said. <laughs> that's what they said. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got it. Okay. How about this? We got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this where we talk about the mockumentary-esque uh, aspects of this show. Yeah, I mean, there's only a few that I noticed. Most notably was Jim's look during the Fundle Bundle episode towards the camera. I guess the documentary crew did capture a lot of moments with the daughters and then the, the people within the office, but I always noticed Jim's looks towards the camera because that's kind of the signature thing that they capture and the one during fundle bundle was a classic gym moment because it was like uh (laughs) uh-oh it's a crazy moment yeah it really is you know the film crew had to angle their cameras in a way that they usually don't for this episode oh they had to angle them down at these short little kids yeah little tiny humans and when asked if that was difficult they said no we just pointed it down and yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense because they're professionals. Yeah. And they've and got arms. They know what they're doing. And, you know, I just actually read an, an article the other day that said that kids are, as far as DNA goes, they're really closely related to humans. Oh. So. Do, could they possibly evolve into them at some point? Yeah. That's what it uh, I mean, ultimately said. Makes sense. They're adults, for God's sakes. Yeah. And I noticed when Ryan's being attacked by stanley verbally he darts a look over at the camera who is outside of the break room looking in through the blinds and that's when he says who are you looking for no no one's gonna help you in here yeah i didn't even notice that but i think his look was you're not gonna let me die on this documentary right and they were like (laughs) yeah because nature man yeah because back to the nature like it's a it's a life cycle here you know the animals eat the grass yeah (laughs) you know And Stanley will do what Stanley will do. Yeah. He's going to eat the antelope, which is Ryan. When Angela looks at um, the camera and at Dwight after he tries to kind of confront Jake, Mm -hmm. Meredith's son. So there's a moment where Angela's kind of looking like, haha, he is acting like a mate that I would actually like to this is mate with well now we're going into the characters i think do you think the world is calling with phyllis's and i have to say angela's father was a strict disciplinarian and she wants her mate to also be one which i feel like is not a good criteria to look for but also i don't feel like sarcastically going well at least i'm not a, uh, a latchkey kid so latchkey yeah is that is that a dis that's not discipline no it's <laughs> not a stern I, rule it's just like i want to i want to spouse who can like really like get down and share childish insults back and forth with the kids yeah he was just fighting with a 10 year old about like Mm -hmm. something really weird i don't know it's just a weird thing for angela to be attracted to yeah i agree but angela wouldn't mind a couple of well-behaved boys yeah i really liked how this episode kind of brought to the forefront everyone's feelings about parenthood but in a way that's kind of characterizing them even further than we've seen yeah because you see like kelly reacting to that and saying that she can't wait to be pregnant 
and um, you see Pam trying to relate to the kids. You see Jim easily relating to the kids. Mm-hmm. You see Meredith kind of um, pushing aside her parental responsibilities and grateful that Jake can come spend time with her because he's suspended. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of see Stanley being out of touch with his daughter. and Who's in eighth grade. Yeah. In and, middle school. And trying to get Ryan's number. And maybe not realizing that she's becoming a young woman. So, I don't know. There's a lot of characterization going on. And it was kind of smart of the writers to bring the daughters to work day. But question. Yes? Why only daughters? That's real. That's Is a real it? thing. Yeah. Take your daughter to work day? Yeah. Not just, like, your kid? Um, I believe that the holiday is... It's, like, kind of assumed that boys are going to go get jobs. So it's to, like, show women what a workplace is like so that they can be, like, more progressive. That's why boys aren't included is because, like, it's just, like, assumed they're going to go work. But for women, especially, like, when that holiday was invented, I think it was more of an unknown about whether or not a woman would enter the workplace eventually at all. So, like, look, you can have a job at a medium-sized paper company in well, northeast pennsylvania you just gotta go wherever your dad works unfortunately <laughs> oh man so we basically covered a lot of characters now oscar really doesn't do much so toby's daughter has a big role in this one where toby brings her in angela's mean to her and uh but then it's that she ends up really bonding with michael his sworn enemy or yeah I don't know. I don't know if he swears enemies because he's an HR, but, you know, the other way around, for sure. Yeah, and he doesn't seem open to that at first because he's kind of on the phone and she's just looking at him like, hey, what's up? But then they do. They do bond. Yeah. Michael's got kind of a juvenile sense of humor. So even though he thinks that he's Eddie Murphy and Raw, he is Eddie Murphy in Daddy Daycare. He mm-hmm. just says inappropriate things that he shouldn't be saying anyway, as we learned in Sexual Harassment and Boys and Girls. And I think that he likes to think that it's hard for him to censor, but he is, at heart, he is a little kid lover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he comes to that conclusion himself by that's, the end of the episode. That's so. his priorities. Yeah. He really does want kids, but he says that he's like not into kids, even though like he has been wanting to have kids earlier but he actually gets along great with the kids until they start telling him the hard truths about how his life turned out yeah who's the best kid probably toby's daughter yeah she's cute missing teeth yeah not jake so jake is played by spencer daniels and i always recognize him because the year before this he was in a show called it's always sunny and charlie has to hang out with him so he's a year younger Oh, and I thought you were gonna say he was Greg Daniels' oh. son. Could be. D- didn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> so I know him from that show because he's a similarly shitty kid, and and then I didn't see him again for a long time. But when I did see him, he was a lot older, and he was a male stripper. And he was still on The Office. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Who is he? He plays Meredith's son again, but he's a male stripper. Oh, I guess I <laughs> and just And he looks like, completely different. What season? Probably nine. I feel like I just block that out. Like when we get to that 
season it's gonna be crazy in this podcast yeah. i'm gonna be like watching it for the first time because i don't know anything about season nine of the office yeah and i think it's kind of disappointing i disappoint myself when i don't but i don't know it's like blocking it out don't beat yourself up okay <laughs> thank you appreciate Wait, stop that stop it stop to be i don't be don't, don't, do that. don't be mean to my friend Addy. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> nice to my friend Addy. Oh. Roy's roughhousing around with that little Jake. And what do you think about Roy and Pam in this episode? Because Pam's on her own journey. But when Roy is getting along well with that kid, I feel like at that point in the episode, you're supposed to think, ugh, he gets along with the worst kid because he sucks. But that's also the kid Pam gets along with. She just doesn't know it yet. Yeah, and I think that Pam would just like to get along with any kid. For me, I I feel the same as Pam. Like, whenever there's a kid around, I'm like, maybe I can get along with them. Like, I'll try to relate to them. I'll talk mm-hmm. to them about, I don't know, politics. And then it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? That doesn't That's, work. Yeah. No, so, no. You got to know what kids like. I know, which is like shredding paper. And so I <laughs> applaud Pam for that. Yeah. I mean, I think that she is ultimately just kind of taking it the cue from Roy and Jim of how to get along with kids. Mm-hmm. So, And I actually feel like the shredding paper moment feels a little bit false to me. I don't think this terrible kid would go that crazy for the paper shredder. They're no, not fun. No, but how else is Pam going to relate? Like, they're not, not. There's no other intersection of interests. But really, if you're dealing with a kid, you need to know, like, for their age group, what are things that are cool? And I guess, you can't just take the things that were cool when you were that age. If you're talking to like like two year olds, you talk about PJ masks or something like that. Do or you know like what that for, is? no, it's like a CGI show where these kids, instead of going to bed, put on PJs and fight crime, and they have like superhero powers. Yeah, see, that's why I wouldn't get along with them. I would try to talk to them about like frogs. But the thing is, you don't need to know that much about it because they'll just tell you. You just need to know enough oh, to say it. Oh, so you just like it. bring it up? Yeah, like you don't need to know, like have seen the episodes or anything. That's not how they work. You just be like, oh, do you like blank? And then they're like, just like Jim does. I guess he does yeah. have a little cred though. Those are older kids too. But because he knows about the, um... oh, question. Would you rather spend the night in the Met or the aquarium? Aquarium. Yeah, good. Glad you said that. Although... I was in an aquarium once, the Baltimore Aquarium, and there's this section of it where there's sharks mm-hmm. circling you. So it's like this cylinder, yeah. and it's like a spiral staircase. So you have to go down to get out. Where's this one? The Baltimore Aquarium, like the National Aquarium. Oh, that's yeah. cool. It was cool theoretically, but it was the first of the month, so it was free for kids there's a bunch of kids there and they're all screaming and i ate some edibles before with my friend (laughs) and so food it was like yeah just like edible food and so the only way to get out is to go down into this like spiral of screaming sharks yeah screaming kids and sharks and i remember really vividly like turning around to my friend and being like we need to get out of here (laughs) And so like we went down as fast as we could, but it's so terrifying. So if I were to spend the night there, I would probably be like near the jellyfish away from the sharks. I'd love if they kept the lights on. Yeah. 
Otherwise. <laughs> Don't make it dark in there. <laughs> like a nightlight. Have you read please. that book? What book? The whatever book she was reading. Oh, the um, Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Right. Basil E. Frankweiler. Sounds really yeah. familiar to me, but I don't know if I read it. Yeah, I have read it. I read it in probably fourth or fifth grade. And I remember thinking it was really cool. And then I remember thinking that the Adam Sandler movies about Night at the Museum was like kind of a copy of that. Oh, but yeah. like not as cool because... Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler had kind of like a mystery involved and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but it's cool that Jim has read that. Yeah, it's his favorite book. It was on his desert island list. <laughs> Pretty sure Legally Blonde was on his desert island list. The novelization. <laughs> um, the audiobook read by Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> I saw a book with Reese Witherspoon, and she totally had a, a cup on the top, not a spoon. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so Kevin's trying to impress his fiance Stacy's daughter, and he fails. That's the end of that. But Kelly wants to get pregnant and have babies, and when Ryan is getting talked at, she gets jealous enough to rat him out. <laughs> yeah, and he's, like, weirdly in the room when the party planning committee is, like, setting up the break room for a party. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why he's there. And then, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. She does rat him out to yeah, Stanley. Yeah, that's the only reason that happens. He didn't like yeah. Stanley didn't see anything. It was just they were just in the same room. And Kelly said that that Ryan was like hitting on her. Did you lose your mind, boy? Because I'll help you find it. <laughs> this is what I love about Minnie Kaling. She writes these like messed up plots. Yeah, elements. And but it's like she gets away with it because she wrote it. Yeah. Like, if if someone else was like, and then Kelly's so petty that she, like, rats out her not-even-boyfriend because she's jealous of, like, a, an eighth grader, that would seem kind of messed up. But Mindy Kaling wrote this episode, and it seems like every time there's something that's really extreme with Kelly, she's the one that went there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so true. It's, uh, it's cool. But I'm, but I'm glad they did cut this other scene where Kelly and Pam are talking, and Pam says, Oh, this day's just a little more tiring than I was expecting. And Kelly goes, yeah, plus Stanley's daughter's a huge slut. I know. Because I'm glad they cut that. I was thinking about Sasha because she's in that picture that Stanley has on his desk. And Catholic school that girl. comes up a lot, mm-hmm. like three or four times over the course of nine seasons. And every time I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's like funny <laughs> but it's also funny <laughs> yeah. i mean in this case nobody's like hitting on her but she is hitting on ryan that, that makes sense yeah ryan's hottest in the office yeah i guess that's true I but just... he's not like reciprocating no and he's, he's not, not following her around no and ryan he... gets and abused. she even asked for the email address yeah ryan gets verbally abused and then he has to go break into michael scott's mom's house to get a VHS tape. I can't believe he actually did that. <laughs> um, he went above and beyond. And Michael Scott's mom lives in Dixon City. But it's okay because she's at the pool. So yeah. go ahead and... Just go into the basement. Was that the same trip where he got the guitar? Yeah. Right? Possibly, yeah. He mm-hmm. got the guitar too. So Dixon City... It's only 13 minutes away driving from Scranton. 
from wherever the heart of Scranton is on Google Maps. So not crazy. It's only 29 minutes biking, which means traffic must be pretty bad. I would love to one day visit Scranton. Mm-hmm. Do a biking and, tour of Scranton. Yeah, and I'd love to go to Port Richards, and then I would love to bike over to Dixon City. I'd love to go to the Steamtown Mall. Me too, yeah. Especially to the Victoria's Secret. I'm going to shop at American Girl. Yeah, just to see what the the large doll size yeah. costumes have in store. And I'm just going to buy them for my dolls, though, I think. Yeah, probably a good idea since you have so many dolls. Do you think it's weird that there's like 10 in here? Um, I mean, I was thinking that earlier, but it's I'm I'm okay with it. Okay, good, because they said it's fine that you're here. <laughs> okay, so Creed is in charge of something. That's correct. And he's got four toes <laughs> on one of his feet. I actually, love his face when he's about to show them. He's like, oh my god, here we go. Yeah, I would actually think that, that was kind of cool to see as a kid, you know? Oh, yeah. My mom has four... Um, fingers on one hand because she got it sawed off in a um, wood splitter Mm -hmm. and I always thought that was the coolest thing like I would tell people at school like yeah well my mom only has four fingers yeah and like I don't know my grandma had webbed toes really I don't think all of them were webbed but like a couple of them were and she would she would would tell me about it in really the same way as Creed is but I don't think she showed me maybe she did um (laughs) I have four fingers on my left hand and then an extra finger on there, too. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know how I haven't noticed that before. Was your grandma really good at swimming? Um, you never saw She was all right. Like, not as good as me. Okay. Well. I just, like, I don't know. She'd always be behind. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, grandma. She didn't have, like, good lung capacity. Yeah. So her webbed feet didn't really make up She'd for be it. great at water polo, though. And I'd toss her a Gatorade. And we, then we'd uh, hit the sun. <laughs> I've never met your grandma, but she seems pretty cool. Yeah, she's dead. Okay. Well. She was cool. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I think that's oh, it for no. characters. Do you have anything else? Um. Well, I was really happy to see Dwight's recorder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the first time that we're seeing it. I feel like it is, but I can't remember over the past. I think we got a little bit of Tina by his side. A little bit of Monica all night long. Oh yeah, did that okay. already happen? Mm, maybe. But anyway, I'm I'm happy to see the recorder back or for the first time. One of those two. And I don't know. I think I think that's it that I have for characters. Yeah. Oh, Daryl's just there for pizza, I guess. Yeah. Why is Daryl there? Why is Daryl here? He works in the warehouse. Yeah, Daryl's always just lingering, yeah. loitering, really. I mean, and Roy also doesn't really have a cause to be there. I guess it's not bring your daughter to work day in the warehouse. Yeah, true. They probably lose a kid in the bailer each year. Mm-hmm. So the next segment we have is called Second Drink, or what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking an Odell drumroll. That you provided very kindly. Thank the you. American Pale Ale. American Pale Ale. And earlier, the Truly uh, Spike Seltzer, which you seem to really enjoy. I truly loved it. It was delicious. I'm also drinking the American Pale Ale from Odell Brewing Company here in Fort Collins, Colorado. Yep. Great place and great beer. I had a question. Okay. Why is Edward R. Meow funny? Like, funny enough to make adults laugh and say it's funny? Is that a... 
I don't get it. I think it's like a because they probably couldn't use Chuck E. Cheese, so Edward R. Meow was the second rate. I don't know about the funny part. Because they guess. go, oh, that's funny. Like, you re- do you remember that? Yeah. The people in the break room get a pretty big reaction out of his name. Hmm. When Michael says his name's Edward R. Meow. Hmm. I think you're right. Maybe it is a Charles Entertainment cheese knockoff. Mm-hmm. Question. Is the watch Toby gives Michael back that uh, apparently he gave to Toby's daughter, is that the same one that, that he gets? Michael gives to Toby on his exit interview, yeah. Wow, that's a great question. It's his first appearance of that of Toby holding that watch. And what brand do you think it is? I think it's the Seiko. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Wow, right? That's a great observation. I haven't even thought of that. Thank you. And is Jim's date with Brenda from Corporate? Possibly, but I, I think that ship has sailed. I thought so, but. On the Finder Things Club, our listener group, Samantha Raymond says that in a deleted scene from the episode where Jim can't talk because he gets jinxed by Pam, that Brenda calls him back and he can't talk, so he doesn't answer it. So that ship may not have yet sailed because we haven't seen that yet. And I did not know that. That's in a deleted scene. Um, And this is actually my first time watching through the DVDs with the deleted scenes. I've only seen bloopers and some deleted scenes from YouTube before. Or like maybe back on NBC.com. Cool. Yeah, so maybe it is Brenda. Because uh, he was already having a date with her. Mm-hmm. Didn't have anyone for Valentine's Day. Never has plans. But yeah, I don't know. It would make sense, right? It would make sense. Although I just think that Brenda's totally... I think Jim's out of Brenda's league. Yeah. But also, doesn't Brenda live in New York? It's not plausible. Yeah. I just don't think they're meant to be. No, I don't, I don't think their first kid's going to be called CC at all. No. <laughs> oh, real quickly, you never expect you're the murderer. Do you think Jim or Michael are the murderer this time? No, I think they're both trying their best to get along with the kids and censor themselves. I mean, at least Michael is. Michael is like actually kind of a pitiful character in this one, and like the only real boasting he has to do he's not even that bad when he's like talking about other people you know he calls dwight mr poop it goes along with that but he says that he was the star of a kid's show and i wonder if he really thought that if that was like a leftover memory where he i definitely think so yeah and then once he saw it as an adult it was kind of came crashing down yeah and that's why he reacted so strongly yeah, but it's not a, you know, he just grabs a pizza and goes and is by himself. He's not acting out, like, in a funny way. He's just realizing that he did. Because the kids say, I mean, he said earlier, the kids can't tell a lie. And then they're like, oh, you didn't get to be what you wanted to be. He's like, I guess that's true. Yeah, and then he decides to create a profile on a dating website. Yeah, so. do you think that goes anywhere? No. Probably just like a like a quick FBI investigation and then and then shut down. Just five days. Yeah. Okay, well let's do our Dundee for this episode. How about? This was really hard for me to choose, but ultimately I went with Pam Beasley because I really feel it that she tries to connect with kids and in a non creepy way. 
Mm-hmm. She has a lot of candy. But I definitely relate with her on that. So I'm going to give it to Pam okay. for relating to kids. Okay, cool. Or at least trying to. I'm going to give it to Stanley for defending his family. Defending his daughter's honor yeah. against Ryan. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's kind of misguided because he doesn't really know what's going on. But at least he believes her. Yep. I don't know if like the angry dad, defensive dad is really that progressive of an idea. <laughs> but no, that's true. But it, it's more progressive than... He believes Kelly. Yeah. yeah, it's more progressive than, well, Ryan is probably really scared of what I might say. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just think for a guy who does not get worked up that much, this is the first time I get to see him go crazy. We'll see it a couple more times. But, I mean, he's almost as worked up as if it were pretzel day and someone cut in line. Yeah, that's a good dundee to give out. Cool. And let's do our new section called uh, I Enjoy Being Judged where we read the reviews that people have been kind enough to leave us on iTunes, as we promised. Or any social media platform. Wherever we see it. But wherever, Yeah, wherever we I see don't know a podcast. where else we'll see it. So, MS Temple says, Great quality, really funny. They have a good show structure, and they actually point out interesting things about the episodes that I didn't know. Wow. They must not have known anything. Just kidding. <laughs> We go deep. I just told you how far away Somethingville is from <laughs> And how progressive Stanley is. Dick- Dixon City. Dixon City. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You want to read the next one? So this uh, review is by That Travis Bow, And it says, technically, Toby is a part of a corporate and not a part of this family. And he's divorced, so he's not really part of his own family. Oh, it says subscribe to this podcast today. That was nice. Thank you. Thanks, that Travis Bow. And the third and final one we have is Fun to Listen to by Ziggy Star 9999. Nine. Four nines. Minus one nine. (laughs) Do you enjoy The Office laughing and fun? Then this is the podcast for you. In-depth commentary on The Office is combined with Nathan and Addie's witty dispositions. I won't do the dishes without playing it in my ear holes. Thank Which, you so much. Yeah, that was really a nice one. And all three of the reviews were good. Mm-hmm. But if we get any bad ones, we will read those as well. Yeah. I don't want you to write bad ones. <laughs> if you do, at least also give us five stars. <laughs> no, no, we'll read whatever it is. But we're not reading them to pat ourselves on the back, but to give shout outs to the people that wrote us reviews because we have uh, a lot more ratings than we do written reviews and it's nice to get some feedback and if you want to give us more specific feedback about things you like or do not like you can always message us on facebook or join us at the off five listeners club the finer things club and then follow us on instagram too and you can send a direct message we don't have a lot of activity there right now but we might in the future because we're going to be posting about what we're drinking and what we're talking about, and what we look like. When we go ice pictures. fishing. Yeah, when we catch a trout um, via ice fishing, we'll post it, and then you'll be super glad that you were informed about it. So, the Off 5 podcast at Instagram. And we have one last thing, which is our rating for the episode. I just wanted to put those segments in so that we didn't forget, because we've been Good idea. really bad about forgetting those, haven't we? 
We're always like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then we don't do it. And then we're having a post-podcast drink, and we're like, oh. What were we thinking? <laughs> we were not. So, what do you think um, for this episode? T-Y-D-T-W-D. I know you're going to be shocked, but I'm going to go with a little stitious. Oh, a little stitious. It's not one of my faves. Okay. There's like two quotes from this episode that I like. One is the little kid lover username that he has for his dating app. And then there's a few other moments I like, but in general, not one that sticks out, especially compared to the episode surrounding it, like Dwight's speech, which Mm -hmm. is way better. So I was going to go Alfredo's Pizza Cafe, but since we're agreeing on the ratings this time and I don't feel that strongly about Alfredo's, I will join you with a little dishes so we can just have that one because... The only part of this episode that I think is amazing is the Fundle Bundle. That moment with the puppet turning around and and that Michael Scott from the past kind of getting this glimpse into his kind of disturbing character becomes this person that's like so desperate for, um, you know, like his need to be praised where it comes from. And, And also this other little glimpse into his mother. Which we only get every once in a while, you know, like when he's like lying to her about dating someone and stuff like that. But you don't ever meet her, which I think is great. I don't think anyone, especially later, they probably would have got a celebrity to do it. But they don't think anyone could have really fit the kind of weird image we're getting. Yeah, I think just having that kind of not knowing, but also kind of knowing mm-hmm. how that relationship affects him is is kind of interesting. But... I honestly, if you told me to list all the episodes in season two, I probably would have forgotten this one even existed. You would have forgot hashtag T-Y-D-T-W-D? I would have. (laughs) Don't forget to use the hashtag T-Y-D-T-W-D when you talk about taking your daughter to work day. (laughs) Um, So yeah, a little stitious. I feel like that's right on the money. And we already did our basic plugs, so you've got those. But also, you can send us an email to the off 5 podcast at gmail.com. Um, I want to have 100 kids so I can have 100 friends and no one can say no to being my friend. Teach your children well. Make sure they go oh. to the oh, you go oh, by and teach them on oh, your gosh. knees. <laughs> Your kids, your parents love you very much. <laughs> so funny how he says that. No gods that look at tagline. That was the message. jokes that like you have to go on this one because they're so <laughs> up. I know. what the hell i'm just like in a no angels this time <laughs> no. I'm not giving either of us the dundee <laughs> definitely not